0: Welcome to the Knack for Business podcast, where we talk with experts around the globe about relevant business topics to help you succeed in your business. The hosts are Bernie Fransberg and Wayne Crack. Knack for Business is about sharing knowledge, networking, architecture, connecting, and being creative. That is what Knack stands for. The common threads of any business are people, money, continuous change. In a diverse world, we are unique and face the same wins and challenges. In this podcast, we invite you to learn about what is out there and how connecting with people and ideas helps us. We cover a range of business topics from yourself, finances, legal, real estate, IT, social media, and anything else to the list that supports your work. Even your competitors have something to offer you. My name is Bernie Franz Group from Creative Insight. My co host is Wayne Pratt from Motivate You. At Creative, we are B2B connectors. Actually, people-to-people connectors. We bring you those interesting business people that can help grow yours. At Creative, we help you awaken your knack to connect with the business communities and
1: networks to leverage your business. Wayne, tell us a bit about Motivate You Inc. Motivate You is a goal-setting and coaching company that helps owners and entrepreneurs be, do, and have more, including more fun.
0: Quick thank yous for their support. First off, Carl Richards from Podcast Solutions, made simple, the podcast expert. Brad Crouch, the Property Wizard podcaster, where I'm a co-host. And my business partner, Melanie Weber. Plus, Wayne Pratt from Motivate You for sparking these podcasts. Today's guest is Eddie Sand. Eddie is known as the number one sales communicator. His unique approach to virtual selling reframes the sales scripts, increases sales conversion, and produces loyal clients. With 20 years of experience in B2B sales, that's business-to-business sales, online marketing, sales funnels, high-ticket sales, and the creator of the Sand Selling Method, he's a former U.S. Marine who experienced fear of rejection, selling perfumes on the streets of New Jersey. His attitude to complete the mission gave him the drive to overcome and improvise his selling skills to succeed. Now he's hired by small businesses who are stuck using outdated high-pressure sales tactics and a lack of an effective sales process. Eddie's on a mission to reverse the trend of treating clients like transactions and bringing back genuine conversations and profitable relationships. Today's topic is profitable relationships through genuine relationships. Eddie, welcome. Thanks a lot, Bernie. It's such a
2: pleasure to be here and Thanks for that intro. Wow, you make me sound like so professionally awesome. You were. So <laughs> tell us how you arrived into the sales universe. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just like you said, it was all an accident, really. Can you imagine a U.S. Marine following orders, driven by mission, structure, going out to sales? <laughs> that was I, I just dropped into that world. And you know what caught my attention was the meeting, that meeting. I remember going to that meeting, this individual, he said, hey, you can make this much money. He pulled out a wallet of cash and said, this is an opportunity for those of you who are willing to do the work. And I said, I like money and I can do work. So let me go at it. And that's how I found out that it was sales. I did not know it was
1: sales. (laughs) What's the biggest thing that you've learned, internalized, and then found out how to teach?
2: It's dealing with people, building relationships. Something that I've always been intrigued by. I've always been intrigued to know why people do what they do. And in order for me to find that, I had to find out about myself first. So I went deep. I went into all those personality tests, leadership books. One of my favorite books till this day, I always go back and read it is How to Win Friends and Influence Others by Dale Carnegie, right, Wayne? It's been a lesson for me to learn why my mindset is set up the way it is by building who I am and who I was and who I am now. And so that led me into those relationships. That led me to have that patience for people. When in sales, I used to do selling at a local gym. It's a big franchise here locally in Jacksonville, Florida. And I remember dealing with many people and there was a few incidents where these individuals, they just didn't have the patience. They wanted it all and they thought it was them or nothing. And they reacted pretty strongly about how I approach selling in the way that this one lady, I remember she's, she yelled at me in front of everyone. Like I did something wrong. I wasn't there for my appointment. I was late and I, you just, and I'm thinking I was waiting for her. We just didn't know. We had not communicated well enough to know where. It was at the gym. My response to that was, is there something that I can do to make this better? And she just reacted super. Come to find out. And again, I composed my my personality. My approach was always, I'm the professional. I know what happened, but I'm not going to do what you're doing. So I just listen. (laughs) Two years passed by. And that same lady, because there's multiple gyms. Of the same company. So I was at another gym. That same lady shows up to a training event. And sure enough, I was feeling so comfortable and confident to go and say hi. And I think she left that day. She didn't join that gym. But that's the whole thing about relationships for me. It's sales is everywhere. And it's the character. is how you show up. It's what you do that really counts. And in the end, they might not buy at that moment, but they'll come back if you did right with them.
0: You know what I mean? It's very interesting. You just mentioned a technique that be calm, the professional side, stay professional. It doesn't matter what's happening on the other end. It's not like it's your spouse. And even if it is your spouse, stay calm. And that way you track what you have to do next and the composure. Would you say the sales approach that you Have evolved and developed is a continuous learning path.
2: Yeah, it sure is, Bernie, because just this past week, I will tell you it's if you don't have the will to sell, you would know that. You would know that. If you are always feeling uncomfortable to ask for help or to even ask for any sort of money, whether it's from a friend or family. Then you don't have the will to sell. And that's okay because not everybody can do this. But for us who are in the sales profession, even myself, we need to remind ourselves that it takes a mindset. It really does. Last week, I just had to work on my mindset. I had to regrow what I've learned, which was the principle of objections. That is fundamental in sales. My approach. I don't have objections. I really don't. I have people actually asking me, can I please pay you now? Literally, Bernie and Wayne, I've had that. I remember one of my clients a couple of years ago, Melissa, I kept giving. She kept asking. I kept giving right answers at the time and moments of her business growth. And she kept coming back and saying, when can I pay you? I said you're not where I can help you. I'm just giving you information that I've learned. So sure enough, a couple of years passed by, and it came. The time came. She said, "Okay, I'm ready. Can I please seriously?" That's what she said. Can I please pay you now because I need your sales help, your sales experience? I said, "It sells. Let's do it." That that was just the, that's how my objection. It's removed completely. But just last week, going back to what I was saying, I had to remind myself, and I went through some books that I read and some audios. Objections are always there. We can't avoid them. And it's okay to deal with them. I had to remind myself of that. It's okay. Like, it, you, we have to be not only professional, but be human beings to listen. To that other human being, that seems to be an objection, but really just listen and pay attention because it might it may just be a problem that I can solve, or I know someone that can solve it for them. Always growing, Bernie. Always growing.
0: Oh, I know. and I've heard other other people saying, if you're going to sell something, understand what the person needs, basically their perspective. All right, what's what a what's their pain point? And when you offer something, know the answers. Just don't force the answers right up. Just be ready for the answers, right? Yeah. And yeah, that that's perfect. Do objections range based on the type of service, or is it just about pricing, or is it about delivery? Like, where do you normally where do you encounter your objections most? It. I, I
2: will tell you, mostly it's because that salesperson, the person who is doing the sales, whether it's a business, a solopreneur selling their own service Mm -hmm. or a sales team, it's because they talk too much. Mm -hmm. That's really why. That's really why they get objections. Seriously. Every time I had a a friend of mine who became a friend of mine, she was a client first. And uh, Andrea, she's she's one of my favorite initial clients because she came to me and she said, Eddie, I don't know why, but I keep getting the same objection. Now, again, as a sales professional, when I hear that, it's like in my head, I'm thinking, duh, you're in sales. In my head, I didn't tell her that. And then she said, I asked her, I said, so what's the objection And she said? They have to talk to their spouse, their husband, because her her market was only women. And, And I said, okay, again, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, that's like the number two or number one, usually. So I get it. And then I asked her the next one because the way she came to me, was like she was really frustrated. And I said, so what happens? What do you do or what do you say? And here's what caught my attention. She said, after I talked to the woman and they had to talk to her, their husbands, what I do is I create, I video record. I record myself through because we had just spent a lot of time talking that I record a specific video for the husband about what we just talked so that she can show him what we just talked about. I said, wait a minute, do you do this for every call? She's, yes, I do. I'm like, okay, let's fix this. Let's backtrack. Send me one of your sales videos and sell me, send me some emails or scripts that you're using. And sure enough, she was talking, convincing. Yeah, right. What did they, you should say they want to the salespeople Usually say that you want to push, not push, but lead the person to what you want to sell them, right? You want to lead them there. You want to influence their answers. And so she was doing that. She was like, "This is the best thing. This is for you. You're the right person. You just have to listen. Number one, two, three, I could And I said to Andrew after I saw that, I said, "Okay, let's have a conversation." I said, "Listen, just don't say this. Let's flip this around." And would you do me a favor and ask for the full price? Because she wasn't even doing that. She was begging for, can we get you started right now? We can start you with a deposit. Can you, I'm thinking, could you just stop doing this? It's a $4,000 program. She was getting 200, 300, 500 here and there. I said, just ask for the full price. And when I said that, when I said, ask for the full price, brother, you should have seen her face. It was like, (gasps) ah. what? You mean you want me to ask for I said, Andrea, that's your price. Be glad I didn't ask you to increase the price. Just ask for the price. And so sure enough, she called me back after that session, that quick session, she called me back. She said, Daddy, you're not going to believe it. I made $8,000 this week. I said, let me guess, two calls. She said, yeah, how did you know? <laughs> I said, <laughs> come on give me a break. So again, going back to that, it's really the sales scripts, the sales, the linear sales process, and all the sales gurus that at that moment, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s even, it worked, but it doesn't now. Because it takes away the real person behind what they're selling, right? It takes away that personal connection, that personal touch, because they feel that they have to go by the script. They have to be ready. I don't get this, Brittany. Have you always heard this before? Because I've heard it for years. You got to learn how to overcome objections. It's almost like people go to school, the sales professionals go to school, go to training to overcome objections. And I stopped for a moment. and I thought, wait a minute. Why are we focusing so much on objections? Shouldn't we be focusing on actually building relationships? You know, what you focus, you get. So, yeah. Yeah. It's because they talk too much. And I feel like if they just took a moment to actually get to know the person and get to mm-hmm. hear, listen, like actively engage and listen, they would not have any
0: objections. Just like- confidence sounds like a big role. It's You're delivering it. So relationship yep. and confidence.
1: Do you find that some clients give you an objection that I think sounds good, but 90% of the time isn't the real issue? It's an excuse or, or a pause.
2: It yeah, a hundred percent all the time. It's because they're used to it, right? It okay. Think about it, Wayne. Because I do, and I, I'm sure you do, and Bernie, you too. If someone comes to you, you're you might be at a place, at a location, something somewhere that you are enjoying yourself. If someone comes to you and says, "Hey, would you like to buy this?" or "Hey, can you want to add more to your order?" Like how does that feel? Cuz when it happens to me, I almost feel like uncomfortable to say no. It's like I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a way with an answer that can be nice to say no. And sometimes I shoot myself in the foot and I basically say yes without meaning that I want to say yes. My wife always gets me on this all the time because she feels that I'm too um, too black and white at my answer sometimes and I'm too not nice. I'm not soft. But the fact is that if I need to say something, I need to say it and it may not just be nice, Right. So someone would say something like, oh, hey, we haven't seen each other in a long time. We should get together. Now, the fact is that we we will not get together because we haven't gotten together before. So I'm being very nice and say, you know what? It sounds good, but I'm sure we're not going to have the time. But tell you what, when we think about it, we can just connect. How about that? Right? Instead of, oh, yeah, we should go do this. We should do that. And nothing. Could you please? So those are the excuses. So that's what I'm saying. I think people, what happens is that when they give you an objection is that they're trying to say either, no, this is not the right time. Or, no, I don't like your program and I have no idea why I got into this conversation with you. Like, we we need to find out. But people just usually do that. They just want to be nice. But they don't know. And so they come up with excuses, which for us in our profession are objections, which is going back to why I, I think we should be focusing on building relationship, not overcoming objections, because that just it just doesn't make sense.
0: Don't get me started. <laughs> So when's a good time to increase the price? I mean, obviously, if your expenses go up, you're going to increase your price. But when's a good time to increase your price?
2: Okay, so remember Andrea, right? She was asking for just deposit. And all of a sudden, she just could have just asked for her full price and people will pay for it. The reason why I said that to her and anyone who wants to increase price is because you have to have some sort of success stories already. If your program works, why wouldn't you? Not only ask for the real price, but why wouldn't you increase it? Because the fact is that when you're running a business, especially for those solopreneurs that just have a VA or maybe have VA and a friend, right? The reason is because business sense says it takes money to run the business, and if I want to give better service, I need to hire better people, quality people, and that takes money. So why wouldn't you increase the price? So that's number one. That's one thing. You have to understand, you have to have a mindset. Don't have a mindset of that people are not going to buy it. The, the truth is you're going to run a business. And if you don't, if you don't ask for more money, you're going to go out of business. So let's just get that clear, right? Now, how do you ask for it? Going back to the testimonials, right? To the, the people, tangible results that you've given your clients. That's how you raise your price. And it's really simple. You guys should know this because it's marketing one-on-one. You remember the best commercials, even today, I see it today, but the best commercials back in the, when was it? I think it was, there was even written advertising back in the twenties on the before and after technique, the before and after technique. That's so fundamental that before, back in the days, they used to write about the pills, weight loss, or the hair growth or something like that. But it was the before and after process. And it was a story or it was some sort of educational content before and after. That's where we need to go back to. Right now, millions and millions of investing, marketing investment money going right now at this time, which is the right now the World Cup is happening, by the way, if you guys you familiar with that? Okay. Okay, But I see those commercials. And can I tell you, the ones that are more, most effective are the ones that give you the image of before you had their product and after you have their product. It's the, it's the best technique. So how do you increase the prices? Can you get a couple of people, a couple of clients? I'm sure they will be super excited to give not only a testimonial, but ask the very simple question. Say, hey, Wayne, where were you before you found me or you found my service or you found my company? And let Wayne talk. And then, what have you done with our company now? What successes have you seen? What results have you gotten? That's it. And when you have that set up, now you can go and say, An extra thousand, extra two thousand, extra five thousand dollars more for your program. Why? Because the tangible results are here. Wayne made a hundred thousand dollars. Would you invest ten thousand so that we can get you to exactly where Wayne is? Of course, ten grand for a hundred thousand. Who wouldn't?
0: So, is there a ratio then that you work with? Like a 10 to one ratio? It's almost like when you spend a dollar, right, as a business. Mm -hmm. You expect to return more than the dollar you spent, right? Sure. To to cover your time, cover your expenses. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So good question. So it depends on what you're selling. There's really not much. that You can always increase, but you can be wrong when you decrease. You know what I mean? If you go and say, okay, my my program is $5,000. But for the Black Friday, the same program, I'm gonna give it for fifty percent off. Now, why would you do that? Again, that's right. Whatever you're selling, you wouldn't. I don't think you should do that. But people, people still do. And so, if you do that, then you're devaluing your service. Instead, if it's a five thousand dollar service, why don't you give them another? an extension to your service, let's say if it's a self-paced program, which are becoming most popular, they've always been here, but now it's becoming most popular, then say, hey, for an extra 5,000, I can mentor you. I can be your personal mentoring guide to guide you through my program and process so that you can exponentially increase your chances to get results an extra 5,000. And for us, as you, a $10,000 mentorship program, it's very, that's low of the low. But again, it's where you're at and what you're selling. So you have to be cautious. Though. So Bernie, I guess to answer your question, is really, it depends on what you're really selling. You yeah. just have to make sure you don't position, this is what I always say, don't Walmartize your business.
0: Totally understand. Unless of course, you're getting rid of inventory and the inventory is being phased out. Yeah. I like hey, you're going to use a, a Blackberry. I got a ton of Blackberries. So they're going cheap.
2: <laughs> they're going cheap. First of all, no no one, again, right? That's why I say walmartize because I can, my wife loves Walmart because she can go and get something super cheap. I like to go to Publix because I know I get the service and the quality, which is a supermarket here, Publix. But that's the whole idea behind what don't walmartize things. Like you said, Bernie, don't be like, oh, yeah. I've got, and I'm laughing because I just saw a couple of posts that last week, I have five spots left for my program. And if you want to be part of this five spot, take it now, take advantage. I'm like, why are you doing that? It's like, you're basically saying this product or this service that I'm providing is not moving fast enough because I still have space. Just what you said, Bernie, right? Like, I have a, a bunch of other items and products in stock, so I need to sell them off quickly. So I'll get them while, while they last. Don't do
1: that. One thing that I'm asking for our listeners, Eddie, I'm very interested in your process for I can sell, I'm doing a good job. Tell me about the Eureka, the change in headset where I can teach others to sell. Tell me about that process.
2: So it starts with the support. You have to have a heart and a mindset to support others. If you don't So let me back. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to give you my acronym SAND. There's an acronym for my method. But let me backtrack just a little bit more because how I ended up with the acronym and how I ended up where I am at now in in my sales process career is that there's two paths To selling. There's two paths. I did not know this years ago. There is the purpose driven path, and there is the money driven path. Okay. Both sales professionals are going to make the money. That is no problem. Both are right. There's no right or wrong. But here is where things fail as an experience for me is that. I was attempting to align my purpose driven self to a money driven path and I could not get it for the life of me for all those years. I couldn't understand why was it that these people were making so much money and I wasn't. Why my my sales manager told me you're not fit for sales. Why why would people buy from me and tell me, oh my goodness, you're so wonderful to deal with. I, I, This is so good. I could not understand like over here, over there, what is, and so guess what? I said, what is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. For you listeners, you need to first find out who are you. If you have a support, a heart that supports other, a heart to support and be good and do the right thing with good character, You may be a purpose-driven person, but if you go watch The Boiler Room, that movie, The Boiler Room, I can't remember who was in it, but just look it up. The Boiler Room is a sales movie. If you watch that movie, you remember Bernie, right? Yep. Okay. So if you watch those type of movies, like The Boiler Room or some other ones like that, and you are, you like are driven, you're like, oh my goodness, I can do this. And you go do it. Then guess what? You may be a money driven person. You may be a money driven sales and it's okay. It's okay. So, why I'm saying this is to give you again to answer your question when how you can teach it. So, how to at least expand this type of idea is that you need to have a supporting heart. Number two, you need to learn to assess the situation, which takes For you to be actively listening. Don't talk over the person. Don't pitch. Do not even try to convince the person that you're the right fit for them. Do not do that. Don't fall into that trap because you have to listen, right? So assess the situation and then neutralize one problem. Here's the biggest mistakes I see all the time. Again, because we're just so caught up on the script, we feel that we need to sell them everything. Don't do that. Just one problem. Listen attentively to that one problem. And in the back of, as you're having that conversation, start thinking what service and solution you have to solve that problem. But here is the part that sales people miss. This is the idea behind you got to close the sale. I don't close the sale. I don't, I do not ever close a sale. In fact, we should see the sales conversations are as the beginning relationship, hopefully of a profitable relationship, not closing the conversation, not ending the conversation. So the last part, this is where most of the sales people don't do is detach. Detach yourself from the sales call, the sales process, the sales conversation that you have. And here's what I mean by detaching. So in the Marine Corps, we jumped helicopters, planes, we detach. And the way we detach is that we get up, we go down the the ramp, whatever we're jumping out of. And we have to trust that when we put our, basically our whole setup is is really relying on this cable inside the plane or in the helicopter, just relying on our activity of understanding how to pull that chute. We're relying on that to detach ourselves from something that is solidly in the sky that could, who would want to jump? That's crazy. Our human. initiative is, no, I'm not going to jump out of a plane. Right. But we detach from that because we know, and we trust that we're going to be fine down there. We're trusting in the parachute. We have two. So we're trusting in that, that if one fails, the other one will work. If both fail, but detaching from the call means this learning to leave, leave your offer at the table just leave it there. We are both adults in that conversation. The other adult on the other line can make up their own, whatever they want to make up their own mind with, okay? Whatever. They can make their own decision. And well, I get this all the time, but Eddie, what if they just, uh, they can't seem to have the money? Shouldn't I push to help them? No, they're adults. They know where to get credit cards. They know where to go borrow money. They know what to sell. They know what they need to do. Why would you be the financial expert in that moment? That's the dumbest thing to do. So, again, detach yourself, trust that you have listened, you have given them what they need to hear, and that they have felt confident enough that you can help them. And when you leave, You're not leaving because you're just saying, oh, Eddie told me just to leave. Don't do that. Leave because you have another meeting, hopefully. Leave because you have to commit your time to somebody else. You are only one of you. You can't be hundreds of you. So they will understand by saying, hey, Wayne, listen, time is up. I have to apologize. I have another conversation that I need to go to. You already have given me. All, the, all that I need, and I hope I've given you everything that you need to make a decision. Why don't we follow up on this call? And if it makes sense, we'll take it to that next level. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you guys when I do that, nine out of 10, they usually say, Eddie, I'm ready now. Time just changed my schedule. I have to send a message You're like, hey, I'm going to be a, a bit late. Let's, they'll say this, what's the next step? The next step is to enroll. When can I do that? We can do that right now, real quick, before I leave. How cool is that feeling when they are stopping you to say, could you please take my money now? Or am I qualified to to do this now? Like, when are you going to call me? When should, listen, it's a beautiful experience. And if you haven't felt that, you need to do that. You need to practice that because it is so much better than for me. Or for most salespeople that they basically say, how can I get you started today with a deposit will be good? How, what can you do? Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and wait for you. Why don't you go get your credit card? I have seen that, by the way, on Zoom. They have done that. and like, that is oh, so crazy. Stop begging. So again, Wayne, don't get me started. But that was my acronym right there, by the way. S-A-N-D, SAND. So support, assess, neutralize, and detach.
0: Is this approach useful in campaigns, in-person, phone calls, convention centers, or digital? Or is it different tax you would use Is it a, or dependent on the level of interaction you're having, direct interaction with the person?
2: Oh, my goodness. Bernie, thank you for asking that question because I'm going to an event in a couple of weeks. And sure enough, I started thinking about this. I said, well, if I was at an event, would I do the same thing? And you know what? The S.A.N. method. Yes. In fact, one of my colleagues, she is a chief marketing officer and she does the same exact method. The thing with the copy from Facebook all the way through the funnel, the sales or the marketing funnel, all the way through the webinar evergreen and all the way to the sales. Right. So why is the same thing anywhere? It is because, again, it's the approach. It's just the approach. There's no magic, this is not a magical thing. It's really just basically going back to the fundamental of meeting an individual, having a personal connection with somebody and building that relationship. That is what it's all about. So yeah, you can use this if you go to an event, again, just the support, you know, go to an event to give, not to receive, right? Because you'll get. When you give. And then, if you have a sales funnel or or in advertising, especially with Facebook ads, an example, they do videos in the 30 second video at the beginning, you want to immediately polarize who you want to talk to and then say, This is what I'm going to give you. So you're supporting immediately, you're giving already, right? So you start with that. And then, in the process of the conversation at an event, of the sales funnel process, in the process, you start to listening to them, assessing what it is that they need and neutralizing that specific problem that you have a solution. And then when you give value, when they see that webinar, when you have that conversation, then be willing to leave. Don't sell, just leave because if it makes sense, if it's a good fit, they will find
0: you. Right. Yeah. Well, someone once uh, told me about podcasts. He said, Brian, why would anybody listen to your podcast? And he said, the reason they will is because they're seeking the answer, right? And you have that answer. It's much the same re- reason I was learning how to look on YouTube, change a light bulb on a, a car that I owned. It was a very awkward space. I could not get a clear line of sight. My hands aren't that big, but getting there was just a little bit of a journey. And yes, <laughs> I had a problem and I went searching.
2: Yeah, there you go. Producer. That's what YouTube is. That's why YouTube is very successful by the way because that's what they do. They created a content channel or content platform that anyone when they're ready, when they're ready, they go and find a solution. They go find it and before you know it, like me, I've done this all the time. I find someone who I really like and immediately I subscribe. And then I always go, they, are my, they become my go-to person in whatever it is that I want to find out. And I'm yep. sure that eventually I'll end up buying something from them. It's the same exact process, no matter where we go, including personal relationships, by the way. That's how I got my wife without selling. I didn't, I never sold her on a date. We actually never dated. She never went, we never went on our first date, even though it was a date. But it was, I didn't sell it as a date. And I got to hear, I got to listen. And I found out that she has some problems in relationship before. So, what did I do? I became confident that I can solve those problems and be really good at it, and that I will continually grow to make our marriage better. And then she did it to me. She completely detached. I called her that one time. She never called me back two weeks later. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what did I do? But now it's, what, 16 years later and we're still having a great time. So it works everywhere.
0: Congratulations.
1: I just want to know what my listeners should take away. I want
2: to, let's just be very transparent and understand that if you are in sales, that you can be better at it by just taking the time to know who you are first. Take the time. If you feel uncomfortable closing the sale, right? Because that's how everyone's going to understand it. If you feel uncomfortable closing the sale, take a step back because you may be in the wrong path. You may be a purpose driven person. So take that. And then from there, just be willing, very willing to keep on getting better at relationships. Don't worry about sales, really. Just be willing to be a relationship expert, a person that actually cares for others and understands others because your talent and your experience in whatever it is that you're selling will come through. That's what I got.
0: So, Eddie, how do people find the sand method?
2: Just, you know what? Go to the dot com. That's the D T H E S A N D method dot com. And how do they reach you?
0: Same location or more?
2: Same location. They'll, uh, in fact, when you go and get this information, there's the good thing about this is that there's no opt-in form. You don't have to give me any information about you or anybody for that matter. You just go and find it and get it. You have access to a lot of the things that we just talked about today. I practice what I preach, my friends.
0: <laughs> Eddie Sand, thank you. To my co-host, Wayne Pratt, thank you. To you, the Knack for Business listeners. Thank you again. To reach me at the at creativeinsight.com, it's B F R A N Z G R O T E at K R E A T I V I N S I G H T dot com. Websites creativeinsight.com. Wayne, how can folks reach
1: you? Wayne at motivateu.ca. That's Wayne at M O T I V E, the numeral eight, u dot ca.
0: Thank you for listening to Knack for Business. If you like this content, we have more coming. Like and subscribe. Give us a review. Until next time.